Hey, y'all. We hey. back. Man, welcome to another episode of More Than a Title. I'm your host, Jared Thomas, as usual. And thank you guys for joining, man. We got a late special, special episode today, man. But we got a special, special guest today, man. And I just want to, you know, introduce this brother, man, because he's truly inspiring. So, you know, he, he's one of Ad Week's 50 most important people in media, marketing, tech, and Savoy's Magazine, most influential black executive in corporate America. Man, on top of that, he's also a digital advertising uh, a veteran in the space, right? Holds six U.S. patents for digital ad formats and ad products and implemented strategies for publishers um, and companies such as Google, Viacom, New York Times, MySpace. So let's introduce this brother, man, because I've been a fan for a while and I'm honored to have him here. So let's welcome our special guest, man, Walter Gear. What's going on, brother? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Thank you, man. I appreciate being here, man. I, I, I do. I genuinely do. And thank you for the kind words, man. No, man, you, you, you're a bad brother, man. Like, for real, man. I, I've been on my journey on LinkedIn has been for two years. And I'm okay. going to keep it real with you, man, because I've, you know, now I've got the opportunity to chat with you. Like, you're one of the people that I just see and it's like, yo, man, you are doing it. Just everything you do and what you represent. Because, like, I'm be honest with you, when I came up in the industry, I didn't have anybody to look like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that goes, bro. I didn't have nobody with the hat on. I didn't have nobody. I'm from the block, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, and I in the industry. Yeah, I get it, man. I mean, I, I, I kind of I felt the same way, man, when we came up. And so and the few that were there, uh, unfortunately, don't don't pick up. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 pick up. So I just try to make it a point, man, to just when 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 people reach out, you know, do my best at least to to, to respond to people, man, and, and help provide opportunities for people. Man, it's, it, it costs me nothing to make a referral or, or, or give 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of advice, man. It's important for all of us to do. That, that's love, brother. That's love, man. So I would love to, you know, obviously, you know, for everybody listening, if it's your first time, the whole premise of this show is to really just, I was tired of the old marketing podcast. And I know you see them all. It's just like, hey, we're talking about SEO and this is the expert. And like, that's cool, man. That's helpful. But I think there's more lessons and more valuable lessons in the journeys, right? Like I've heard from CEOs that slept in their cars for six months, man. How did you overcome that? And do it. those are the real stories that I want to hear, brother. So um, if you want to, man, let's start at the top, brother. I would love to know how you got into the industry, man. Yeah, I mean, so so it's funny. So I, I kind of stumbled into the in- industry. I, I actually, and I say this all the time, like I, I lied, man, to get in, right? So my, <laughs> dad, my dad was an engineer uh, for years at GE and Duracell. And he had said to me, yo, like, you know, you should, you should get in this web design stuff. And I was like, man, I barely have a, I barely have a fucking email address <laughs> and the real talk. And uh, next thing you know, he, he's like, yo, I got you an interview at this place called Transworld Entertainment. And Transworld Entertainment is the uh, largest music distributor in the world at the time. So go figure where they are now. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, man, I went in this interview and they're like, do you know HTML? I was like, yep. You know, JavaScript. Yep. Do you know Photoshop? Yep. They're like, can you start in two weeks? I was like, can you give me three? And I went to the library and I, I literally, I studied in the library and then continued to work on the job. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's how I got in, man. I didn't, I didn't know Jack about design or anything of that nature, man. It was just, it just, I just kind of got in and just went with it. That's insane, bro. That, that, I think we all stumble in an industry in some way or format. Like, like I'll give you my quick story, but I want to say, before I even do that, man, I want to say what's amazing about that, right? It's the mindset. And I'm actually doing a TED talk on this, bro, like next year for the Bronx. Okay, okay. Shift your mindset, bro. And like the fact that you said, yo, I don't know what I'm doing with this, but guess what? How bad do I want it? I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to pick this book up. I'm going to go through chapter one. And JavaScript is not, for those who don't know, it's not the most sexiest topic. It's very technical. And if you don't know what you're doing, you researching on top of researching and doing some more research, fam. It's a lot. It's a lot. 
through my time there, even when I was there and other other places too, and I talk about this all the time, like I had individuals who supported me along the way, you know? So when I got in, I worked with this dude named Tom, who was this like old school Marvel comic artist, like wrote, Uh like drew for like Spider-Man and and real stuff like that. And uh, this dude was like, took me under his wing and he was like, don't, don't worry, I got you. Yeah, I'll teach you. Just, just run run over. So I sat in the queue right next to him and he Uh would just continuously like jump over, help me with stuff, boom. And, 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 and he knew I didn't know what I was doing, but he just helped me kind of, you know, straighten it out and figure it out. So, so I'm definitely fortunate. That's real, man. Shout out to Tom, man. Cause he, he could have went another way. So shout out to that brother. Yeah, man. So like, man, so what, so you, I, so I get it. So you went from, you know, the digital experience stuff. So you went from like the front end, you know, website stuff. Where did you get it? Like, where did you get your passion for creative? I mean, that's an interesting question, man. I mean, probably early on, right. Because when I, when I went to the New York Times, I was there literally their first rich media hire. Right. Wow. So they were like, yo, like we just need to figure out how we use flash and like what these floating ads do and expandable banners are and whatnot. And uh, when I got in there, it just gave me the ability to just think big. And I think, you know, not, when we go back to like 99, com, it's kind of like Web 3.0 today. Right. Which is like everyone's just kind of scramble and figure it out and shooting 150 different directions. Um and when I was there, I was fortunate enough to be there at a time where like innovating was easier because it was like, how much shit can you put on this screen? Right. And at the time it was about just being intrusive as shit. So we yeah. were doing we like one of the first peel. You remember peel ads? It's one that looks like. The yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, you know, did I launched that over there? I uh, but the probably the most impactful thing, one of the more impactful things in my career while I was there, I worked on a team where we invented sequential messaging. So anybody knows what sequential messaging is. That is you go to a site to go look for, let's say, a pair of shoes. You go to Instagram someplace else and those shoes follow you everywhere you go. Right. So so I was part of the team that invented that. And and really kind of that, you know, going from there, I kept moving to companies where I could do the same thing. Companies that allow me to just think big and think out of the box. So, you know, I spent some time at Viacom. And that was dope because their whole thing was like, yo, we just need you to drive incremental revenue, you know, through through our sales team. And for me, that was like, all right, cool. I'm going to lean heavily into innovation. But then thinking with the approach that like as we innovate, brands want brands want to always be the first ones to market with shit. But at the same time, then it's like, oh, it's going to cost me a lot because it's inventive. I got to learn something new. It's going to take a long time to build. So what we did was we built out the first biometric usability lab in the space. Right. And what we essentially did was allow me to understand the emotional state of an individual when they engage and interacted in real time. So I could tell you what works based off color, call to action, speed of animation, position on page, the whole nine yards. And we were doing this by pulling heart rate, pupil dilation, arousal, which is sweat in the palms, eye tracking, facial expressions, whether you're leaning forward or backwards. So I could essentially create the perfect ad, bring it to market and sell stuff that we are selling for like three hundred thousand dollars for like six to seven million dollars. Right. So it was it was it was. Yeah, man, it was kidding, bro. That's insane. Cause yeah, I come from the play advertising space. No, yo. so, let, so let me, yo, let me, so let me get it back. So you create. How, first of all, how do you? I got a lot of questions, bro. Yeah, yeah. Number one, as a black professional, what advice would you give to other black professionals to get executive leadership buy into think big and be creative? Yeah, that's a that's a good one, man. I think this starts with the environment you chose to work in because there's there's yeah. there's places out there like look. Like I get brands like Microsoft and Facebook and all that, and those but those big companies also, it's harder to innovate unless you're at the top, right? It's harder yeah. to drive influence. So, you know, I was fortunate that even some of the larger companies I was at, like Viacom and MySpace and whatnot, like I was in, in positions where they were trying to grow revenue like badly. Yeah, they yeah. were almost willing to do whatever it took. Like when we went to MySpace, like my whole leadership team from Viacom went over to MySpace. They took me with them. And with the intent that like within a year's time, we're going to flip this shit and move on. 
And when we moved over there, like the users, like Facebook was popping. So yeah. MySpace was just tanking. Yeah. And uh, they were like, yo, we need to turn revenue around. Well, how are you supposed to turn revenue around when all your users are falling off of a cliff? You go out to a brand, you try to sell at the time, like homepage takeovers, or even any reach across your site, and it's all dropping. So yeah. that meant prices were dropping the shit that they were selling. So I came in and I came with the big ideas and the big creative executions. And again, taking homepage takeovers from like $300,000 a day to a million a day. So we were, users were going like this and revenue was going like this to lead to the sale. So I, you know, I was constantly in places where like they needed to drive money and they were almost like welcoming it because they were like, yo, we got to figure it out or she's going to hit the fan here. So for me, that was kind of, you know, I was fortunate to be at a place like that, but there are other places out there um, that are most certainly innovating, right. In, in AR and VR, it's about kind of choosing the right place for you because it's real easy to go someplace and get empty promises and get stuck doing, you know, low hanging fruit shit, which entail like for a creative, that hurts your career, man, because that, that hurts your portfolio. Yeah. And it hurts your, just your, your passion. Yeah. Right? You, can't, you can't be creative if you're not passionate about what you're doing. Right. Not what you love. So, like, I totally get that, brother. And, and let's get back to the, the biometric. You, yeah, yeah. Bro, I, I came from the way you, you just went off on me. That was real, bro, because I come from that space. And a big thing for me is understanding all those things like what are those behaviors right what's that qualitative research that you know how these users are going to behave so you actually did that and was able to predict that in real time bro can you just can you break that down for us from one for people who don't necessarily come from that space but we all we all been to a site we went to Foot Locker, clicked on the jordans and then you go to another site it's on world star and all that so you yeah. kind of did retargeting yeah, so yeah. between like retargeting and what you created yeah so so with this usability lab i mean you got to think for a second it, it looks like someone's in the middle of an icu Right. So they're hooked up with all this stuff on their head, things in our hands and everything like that to measure sweat, uh, blood pressure, like like all that. Right. And, and dilation from the cameras, from the from the from the laptops. And what we're doing essentially is this. So I will cre- uh, create like whatever unit solution, whatever. Right, here's a great example. Uh-huh. Do you know, you know, skippable pre-roll, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. For the folks watching that don't know, skippable pre-rolls, five, four, three, two, one skip. And you can skip the ad. Now you get I invented and patented that. Right. So so what? when I came up with that solution. Yeah. So when I came up with that solution, the first iteration of that was actually called Porta Pass. Right. So what it was doing is innovating, building all these new units. Right. And then Porta Pass is one. So Porta Pass, essentially, the way that first skippable pre-roll was, was yeah. you get a 30 second spot. And this one was Pepsi. 30 second spot for Pepsi. And the lower left hand corner, you get a little bottle of a pe- bottle of Pepsi. And it says Porta Pass. Why I call it a port of pass. You yeah. scroll your mouse over that, and then you turn your mouse into the bottle. The mouth, the bottle turned upside down, and it starts filling up the video screen with Pepsi. That fill up was five seconds, like your five second, right? Five, four, three, yeah. two, one. Five seconds fills up, boom, and then you get a voiceover that says, "This skip was powered to you by Pepsi," and you go into the content that you wanted. Right. Yeah. So that was the first iteration of skippable pre-roll. But when we ran that, I basically brought that in the usability lab. Now, when I brought this into this lab. We're looking for a whole bunch of different stuff that we can see against a timeline. So if you look at all these screens and you see the timeline of the animation, okay, bottle does this, bottle goes here, right? You're five seconds in, whatever. And then we're looking at what is this user looking at at that time? So we use heat maps and then we see where the mouse is going. And then we study the facial expressions. Are they starting to get excited when they, when it turns in the bottle, then it starts filling up the screen. Are they like, do they look frustrated? And then we do pupil dilation, right? And then we do arousal, which is like sweat in the palms, right? Yeah. So when you're looking at this all on a timeline, you could say about five seconds in after they actually interacted with it, there is an element of surprise and then the heart rate raise. And then we saw them smile, 
right? And then we saw that. So like you're able to look at a timeline and see all these different emotions and pick different points in that creative where it was actually effective and drove the best engagement. And then we pulled it out of that. So when you're seeing shit where like they look frustrated, they look annoyed, their mouse is going all over the place, like they don't know what to do, right? Then okay, maybe that's not the best one to use. But that 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 port of pass blew up, right? It, it blew up, took off. People were like, oh my God, I love that because I could skip some shit that I didn't want to see in the first place. And then boom, after we figured out, yes, this works, this was effective, this is the age, this is a demo. Now these are the actual audience that we're gonna go after for these type of brands. Right. Exactly. So that's what we're doing. We brought in these labs, tested it, pulled out all these different metrics and, 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 and insights from it, and then brought like packaged it, then brought it to market. That way, when we brought a market to market this innovative solution, we could literally say it's inventive. No one's ever done this. We have a patent on this and we can guarantee this much engagement. Yo, bro, that is insane. I'm trying to not stop for my jaw from dropping, bro. Because I know this. And that's, I'm glad. That's why I love because you see my natural reaction. I did not know yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? That's real. But like, yo, my next question for that is, right? So you created this, right? How did how did you go about the business of that in terms of making the patent, right? Because I would think if the company or whoever else you're working with are investing into that too, wouldn't they want to own the patent? So how how did that work? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, like read the fine print <laughs> when you sign. When yeah, all right, that's real. <laughs> no, real talk is like 99.9% of shit that like that you sign when you go to work at a company says that the things you build there for the company on the company's laptops and devices is the company's, right? So don't get it twisted. Like those patents, bro, you you wouldn't have known who I was, man, because I'd be on some beach someplace else yeah. and <laughs> like sipping, sipping margaritas, right? Wow. So, yeah, so, so. You know, the way that works is like when I was there, basically, they were like, yo, we got We're ready to package this. This is this is crazy. We got to get this out in the market. But then, you know, it wasn't even my idea. My boss was like, yo, we got to actually pause for a second and, and patent this before we bring it out, because then when we bring it out, other people can't copy it immediately. Right. <clears throat> we essentially own it. We're the only ones with it. And we can guarantee effectiveness, which then allowed us to raise our prices through the roof. So exactly. then what happened is we go out and we would show like three, four five brands. And then we basically was like started a bidding war. This is what we got. It's new, has a run, this patent. You could be the first one to run on it, right? So another one we did like that was crazy is when I was at MySpace, we did one. Uh, it's a format that I call the HD skin. So, you know, when you go to websites, you see the whole entire background of the site is all video content. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I patented that as well. Right. And it's mm-hmm. funny because the first one we ran, the first one we ever ran, we started bidding more. Sony Pictures ended up buying it. But then Sony Pictures ended up buying it to run that movie, uh, the fucking the Facebook movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, here's this huge, crazy fucking ad video on the homepage for Facebook on the homepage of MySpace. Right. So. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's it just helped us really kind of sell that stuff through. That is insane, bro. Like, oh man, I I, I can geek out on this on this topic because I, I come from the space, bro. Like, so everything you is amazing. We can go there. We can go there. It's all good. I, I really I want to go so many places, bro. Like yeah. one one thing that so once you started that and once you started seeing success, right? With that, right? Or because I'm, I'm a personal brand person, so I would yeah. love to know what made you want to get out there too, right? Like, so when you started your journey on LinkedIn and other places to get out there and you started getting on the circuit, right? Like, like what where, where did that come from and how did that begin? And what's maybe what's the coolest thing that's happened to you as you being on the circuit? What's one moment you like, man, I, my mom made it. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was it was, um, you know, about about four years ago when I worked at this other tech company, I, I had this dude, this white dude who was this who was just 
incredible man and uh he was he was my ghostwriter right so i can't i can't write for shit i'm not a copywriter yeah. uh but he was ghostwriting stuff and and um james and he 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 was we we wrote we decided to write this piece together my cmo is this white woman was like you got to put this piece out and what the piece was is basically i called it the black quarterback effect in advertising right in short essentially the fact that you know black executive creatives today are treated the same way black quarterbacks in the 70s and early 80s were which was like nah they're not smart enough to run the team because like creative director runs the fucking show he's a quarterback so it's yeah. like no they're not smart enough to run the show we don't want them out here running calling the shots and calling the plays you know let them go run the pass over here let them go run and jump let them go take the ball and sprint that way right so you know i did this whole article about that and i was really nervous about putting it out and they both were like no like this has to you got it you got to put this out so we put that out um in a in a, in a publisher called geomarketer and it it kind of took off. And that was kind of like when the, the first time I put my voice out there in association with like, you know, the, what I saw as current problems. And so fast forward an, another year, uh, I just kind of just started speaking my mouth and speaking openly on, on LinkedIn. And I did a post about uh, ageism because everyone was posting this oh, 40 under 40 award, 30 and 30. And I was like, yeah, this is some bullshit. I was like, there's a lot of talent over 40. And I kind of I kind of just whatever said some ignorant shit. That ended up going crazy viral, and then Forbes, Forbes uh, magazine wrote an article about it, and Adweek wrote an article about it, crazy. and it was like everything from there kind of took off. But what I learned from that moment was, wow, there's power in some of the shit that you can say because people were sending me personal messages. Like I must have had like fifty to hundred, not even kidding you, a day, where people were like, yo, thank you for writing this. It means a lot because of this, and yeah, like I lost my job, and I was you know yeah. making hundred grand, and now I'm working at Starbucks at, at, at night, and like crazy stories. And it made me think like, yo, if I could tap into people on, uh, on this, then I need to spark something for black people and brown people for, because like we see a real short end of this stick too. So yeah. I obviously started speaking my mind and, and, and it just kind of one thing led to another and just, it, it's, it's odd. People started listening, but I think it was because, you know, in this pandemic, the past two years, we're in a moment where, you know, people want to be heard, right. And people want to be seen. And what I've done really is I try to build community by, by, essentially leading leading the horse to the water right i say things i spark a topic and it's interesting that i i i have this tendency of creating community in my comments in my threads or people feel comfortable and safe saying some real wild shit you know but you know and to your last part like the moment we're like i don't know there's a, a moment made i made a moment but like you know it was crazy because all the stuff i was talking on social like it then connected me on, you know, on Instagram with with all these different celebrities who reached out like, yo, that was dope. You did this thing. And I established relationships with 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 crazy people, man. And like people like Lamar Odom and people like like Mark Samuelson, Marcus Samuelson and G- Gary Vaynerchuk and all these people that I like text with and like motherfuckers like FaceTime me on a regular. And it's weird. Right. So I did a uh, I did probably the one that I that I was like, damn, I can't believe this shit was uh I did a live where last 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 year for Black History Month I was like, yeah, I want to do something about inspiring Black people around the power of of, of showing up and, and 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 what it takes to succeed. So I was like, yeah, I reached out to a Sugar Shane Mosley, and he was like, yo, bet, let's do it. And then I'm on this live with him, I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. But before <laughs> that, before that, we uh, a week before, he's like, yo, yo, just Facetime me real quick. So I Facetime him. And yo, I'm FaceTime. This motherfucker's in the jacuzzi and shit out in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yo, what's good? I'm like, is this nigga in the motherfucking jacuzzi? And I'm like, 
this is crazy, man. It was like that was when I was like, this shit's real crazy. <laughs> Bubbles, bro. Shirt off shit. I'm like, this is crazy right now, man. Yo, bro. Like, yeah, you, you know why I love that story and I feel that. And, and before I go in the story, Tanya, who's watching right now, she wants to know what's the name of the article. Could you just say that for her one time? Uh, the, the black quarterback effect in advertising. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, if you go to my LinkedIn page, it's on my profile. It's like in one of my articles I posted a little while ago. Like if like publications, I think it's in there. That good looks, bro. And shout out to Tanya. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love much love as always. But what I love about that, bro, is because I resonate with that, right? Yeah, and I yeah. said this before we got into the to the joint, man. I feel like Martin when he had that episode with Varnell Hill, and I'm like, man, you, you how do I get to the yams? How do I get to like because <laughs> it's every it's my story almost to a T. Yeah. Right? So my story started off of me just not wanting to send cold emails because I just hated the shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sending a thousand cold emails to people that I don't know. And I felt like that wasn't effective. And I felt like I had a story to tell. And I felt like there was a story in my losses, which I which is why I created the podcast. Yeah. So when what really worked for me was when I was like, yo, it wasn't the SEO content. It wasn't none of that. But when I was like, yo, I was just 22 years old. I was in Starbucks in La Panqua City. I worked at Dallas BBQ smelling like ribs. You know, my bros, I'm sitting there serving my bros. Like I was on that time. And then I had my son. And mm. then I stuck in the t- to tech and I stuck in the stales. And then they're going around the room. They're like, yo, I'm from Yale. I'm from this one. I'm from Buffalo State. Yeah, I'm Jared Thomas from Evander Childs High School in the Bronx. And yeah. I'm a pop seller out here, and this is what's up. And then, you know, and that was my story, bro. But like you said, I got 50, 100 DMs, people from Germany, France. Yo, yeah. brother, I love your story. And yo, you inspired me. And then it made me want to be authentic. That's and then story. I'm like, yo, this is how I can do it. And then I started the podcast, and I spoke to this. How I feel like speaking with you, bro. Or when I speak to the CEO of Revolt, shout out to the brother Detavio. Yeah. He spoke on my podcast the day he got promoted to CEO. That's what's up. Like, That's he could have. He could have curved me like, yo, bro, I was like, why am I talking to some agency in, in New York, some SEO shit? I don't even need SEO. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know who you are, family, if I'm being real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stop creating opportunities, man. It's not that didn't cost him anything. You know what I'm saying? Some people can do that. And that's that's important. It's important when we when we do things like that and reach back man, and create opportunity for people. It's easy. It's, it's not much. But, but and even, and even so. further than that, what it does for somebody like myself yeah. and then it gives somebody else. So if I get there, I'm showing love and I'm yeah. bringing people up and I'm showing them it's cool. Yeah. I got people in the Bronx that from the block. My dudes from the block are like, yo, bro, like, mama, you made it, bro. Like, you know, what I, mean? I go to the block. I'm that guy. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. love. And I'm trying to show my brothers is a different way, man, because we can do this shit. We can do anything. And so when you say that and to see what you've been able to accomplish, bro, just let you know that shit don't go unnoticed. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Yo, Wakefield, man. Wakefield right here, man. 241st, bro. Oh, where? What's that? Wakefield. Straight up 241st. You're on on the two side. Yeah. Yeah, Man, Neary, Neary, man. Right off, well, Edson, man. Right off Neary. Yeah, Yeah, bro. Come on with the van. I almost went to Mount St. Michael. My grandma still live on Dorema. Okay, yeah, you're right around the corner, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the sixth line, Parkchester. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So that's crazy, and, and everybody's listening, y'all. This is our first time. This is this is love, right there. That's real. You know what I mean? But um, as far as like, so what? What? Where do you see? Where do you see your your like? What are what are some things that you get excited about right now? Because bro, like to be honest with you, man, your career story and your journey is just incredible, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like at your at your mode, bro. If I was you right now, I'd be. I'm stressed out, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm that guy and all that, but you don't come off as that, right? Like, so like, where do you see yourself, man? Where is the growth for you at this point, man? And what do you get excited about? Uh, yeah, honestly, man, it's uh, it's been a it's been a ride, bro, the past few years. I've been in this space for 22 years and it feels like it's going so fast. But, um, you know, 
I always throughout my whole career, I was always like, yeah, I just I just want to be a chief officer. I want to be a chief creative officer. And then later in my career, I was like, nah, fuck a CCO. Like I want to be a chief experience design officer because, you know, there's there's a significant difference between the two. Right. And I look at it. Well, no, no hate to anybody who's a CCO. I think there's a lot of smart, way smarter people out there that, than myself that do those roles. But there on many of them, there's this emphasis on film. Right. And it's like winning is getting my shit on a Super Bowl ad. And and for me, I'm like, yeah. that's not it. Right. Because we live in a space now where everything is everything is digital. And when we look at experience design, these are individuals who are focused primarily on understanding the entire digital landscape and really figuring out the right moment to reach an individual the right way in a way that matters. Right. So ex- experience design, you know, officers are really thinking about the future. Right. And what's coming and utilizing things like Alexa and, and, and AI and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I always thought I wanted to get there. And just last week I was I was promoted to chief experience design officer, which is like, oh, that congrats, bro. Thank you, bro. And it's like I think there's only like I think there's only like three or four or four other black C-suite executives, creative executives in in the U.S. in a major holding agency, which is fucked up. The role I was in before as executive creative director, there was only 10 of us. So, um, you know, I, I got here and I'm kind of like, well, this like, is, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's next. For me, though, what's more important is like, because you get towards the end of your career, you get to a point of, man, like, success in advertising is measured by the shit that you have, the car that you drive, you know, mm-hmm. fucking how much money you make, your title, where you live. And you get to a point like, you know, like we all have that grandparent, right? There's like, oh, she's going to say, just want to warn you before you go in. She might say some crazy shit, right? Because she doesn't give a damn anymore because she lived life. And I kind of feel like I've gotten to this point, man, where like, I really don't give a shit, right? And 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 when I say that, I give a shit in terms of like saying the shit that I want, saying the shit that I mean and the way I feel. And for me, success is defined by how much opportunity I can create for other black people, right? So it is, you know, how can I pave the way or how can I reach back and create an opportunity? Because I'm like, like, I don't want to be a CEO. I don't need to be a CEO. So like, this is my last stop. Like I've gotten here right at the top of my mountain, so to speak. Right. So for me, it's, you know, what I can leave behind, because quite frankly, like yeah. when I die, like this shit is like money, cars, all this shit is gone. Right. But the things that will be left behind is, is the people who I've helped create opportunity for who would then pass that on to other people. And it's not even passing on to other people. It's like making direct impact to someone's family. That's that's real, bro. And that's that's what insp- I'm going to keep it real with you, bro. That's what inspires me at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's what inspired me to be myself, man, because I don't lost being the other way. Yeah. yeah. I don't code switch and I did all that. bro. I had a phone voice. I had all that, man. Like, yeah. it was real. You know what it is, man. And like um, a young lady who was on, she was a CEO, man. Shout out to Christina. She said something yesterday. I mean, other, other Monday when I had her on, she said, yeah. well, being authentic. It gives other people permission to be authentic. Right. And when that happens, bro, like I'm on that same way. So people are like, how are you able to be so authentic? Like, how are you so confident? Because I don't give a shit. And you said it. You said it, bro. I don't give a shit. I don't care because I don't lost. I didn't hit rock bottom. The situations we've been in, you know, from two from 241st is way real out there. Yeah, yeah. It's way real out there. You know what I mean? And what we deal with on a day to day basis and being able to open up the doors for those brothers. Right. There's a person right now, 241st, that might be listening to this right now. That is like, you know what I'm saying? And that's real, man. And that's what it's about. And that's what I care about. The sales, all that stuff is going to come. The money going to come if you're doing right by good people. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, and, and here's the thing. Um, Danielle Lee, she's a, she's a, a chief executive over at, uh, God, where does she go now? 
at uh, Sony. I forgot which 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 uh, universal Universal. And she said something to me that one time, like a couple months ago. I was like, damn, that shit is mad true. And what she was saying is that black people negotiate for money. White men negotiate for power. Right. And there's a significant difference when you start to break that down. Right. Because we, we often get caught in this like money shit. Like, I want this money. I get this money. I could go do this thing. But that power gets you opportunity, makes you decision maker in the room, which like the money comes. Right. So it's like focus on focus on the job and getting the shit done and the shit that you want to do and, and try to enjoy that and be in that moment. Like all the money and all that shit comes come, comes at a, at, a, at a point in time. But when you, you kind of think about it the other way around, you can just get your shit real crossed up and just head the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah that's so real, bro. That's so real, man. And I've got a last question for you, bro. Hey. And I want to keep you. I know we've got the kids and the family, man. And I appreciate you, bro. Oh, so, man. I got time. If you want to go a little longer, I got time. Oh, yeah. And then I, I'm, I'm good too. Kids are sleeping. I'm ready, bro. But like, I, my question for you, bro, like, and this is a real one. This is straight for me. Yeah. So, for, so just telling you my story and from my background, bro, and what I'm trying to do and what you're doing is what I try to inspire to be. Yep. Like, so what advice would you give not only to myself, but for other young black brothers and sisters that are trying to do the same as you and trying to follow that footstep? Like, what would what is what's the best advice you would give yeah. to us, bro? Yeah, I, I think number one is um, you, no code switching, man, because because, you know, people don't understand how difficult it is to code switch. Right. And I don't think a lot of white people actually really understand how difficult it is. It's really right. fucking exhausting okay. because it's like you know, your job is like 70 percent of your life. Right. And like literally your day to day. And for 70 percent of the time every week, you're showing up and, and, and putting on an act. And so I can say that, you know, it's funny if you look at my Instagram account, if you scroll through my shit, you could see it literally as clear as day when that stopped. Because you could see my photos from like wingtip shoes and khakis and shit to Bro. like Jordans and fucking hoodies. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was like when I did that and that was when I was at Vicom, when I cut that out and started showing up as me. Bro, like patents, all like all that. Shit. It was like one year cut, and then my fucking career just took off, right? And so the one advice I get is like, you know, don't spend your time focusing on something, on being somebody you're not. Spend your time focused on getting the shit done at work and being who you are, right? Because when you show up as your natural self, you'll be able to exert yourself in a, in a, in a way that just matters, right? You can build and create things because you're not limiting yourself, right? But beyond that, as a creative. What I tell folks that I mentor a lot is that, and this goes for many other roles as well, there's power in knowing how to speak, pitch, and tell a story, mm-hmm. right? Those are all three different things. So so I tell people who are on the come up, like, yo, you got to learn how to speak. You got to learn how to pitch. You got to learn how to tell a story. And when they said, well, how? I said, well, some of us have, most of us, some of us have kids. If you don't, some of us have younger siblings or, or nieces and nephews. What I say is, how do you read your book to them? Right. You're overly animated. You raise your voice. You know, drop your voice and get real quiet. That's the way you pitch. Right. So when you pitch, and you get in these rooms like the more senior you get in your career. Right. Like the, the less hands on you're doing and the more inspiring people around you, you're doing like I don't I fucking I might get into Photoshop like 10 minutes a week. You know what I'm saying? Or like or Figma for like three minutes a week. Right. And, and or illustrator. And it's like, I don't touch it, but my time is spent inspiring my team, right? Inspiring the clients and inspiring consumers to buy the shit that I'm actually coming up with. Right. So learn how to tell a story. But when you and, and pitch and present, but when you tell a story now, like it's understanding how to reel someone in. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like, you know, I, I, I go I go from more of like a scare tactic point of view. 
Yeah. Right. So I start with a problem. So the problem is boom, this, and then you come hit him with a real heavy, heavy stat. Right. And then let me explain why that matters because of this. But let me tell you what the solution is because we have this. And let me tell you how that works. It's like you have to paint this picture that's so graphic, right? In the way you speak, in the way you tell that story. And and that is what it takes, I believe, to be an executive, especially a creative, right? Those few things. I, I love it. And, and it's interchangeable also with sales folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it is, bro. Like, like I tell people all the time, man, you don't sell a product, you don't sell the same thing as you just said. You know, same exact thing, man. You understand the problem. This is what the stat is, and this is how you're able to help, man. And just being yourself. And that's what I want to do, to be honest with you, bro, because I feel like I'm inspiring now. And I feel like, and like you said, too, once I ditched the code switching, once I ditched all of that stuff, man, that's when the career took off. And that's when I started doing things. That's when Google, LinkedIn, Amazon started reaching out. Yo, what's up, brother? You know what I mean? They, they ain't know me. Yeah, didn't, yeah, care yeah. didn't care to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just real, brother. Just to hear from you, man, it's just reassuring to know that I'm on the right path. And I know that other people that listen to this that do the same on the right path, brother. So that means a lot, man. And um, yeah. And as far as the future, I would love to talk about the future stuff. Yeah, Matter of fact, sure. if you go to the future of marketing, I do want to talk Web 3.0, NFTs, sure. all that stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah. But what is the one creative piece of work that you hang on your hat on right now? Like, what's the one that it was like, man, I went through hoops and loops and man it was a crazy ass we was a tight deadline and we got that thing going um a few man but like one that i go back is probably my favorite uh because i think it was just the most disruptive was Uh one i did uh for netflix netflix black mirror season three Uh so when they came through their the rfp was essentially like we want to scare the shit out of as many people as possible and we don't care who so when we went back and like okay great well who do we want us to reach there's a specific demo whatever age group whatever and they were like everybody like, all right, cool. So the idea was a simple one. I was like, okay, well, Black Mirror, right, is all about for anyone who watches it. Black Mirror is all about the use of the advancements in technology and basically how it's like destroyed humanity and very real stuff because they really hit on technology that we're using on a daily basis today. Yeah. So I thought, well, how do I? How do you do that in an ad? I said, well, uh, we have location-based ad, ad, uh, ad serving, right? And I can tell where someone's at when I deliver an ad. So what we decided to do is we had this ad and it was like this kind of lower, it was like a 320 by 50 banner that expanded open and made it look like your phone cracked. And then it actually said, we know what you're watching, but do you know who's watching you? And then we put a Google street view of a picture of the outside of your house and then put your address across the screen and then we close it out, right? And do like people freaked the fuck out. Like it was taken down. Yeah. It was taken down within 24 hours of most publishers it was on because everyone was pissed about it. And that's exactly what they want to do. But what's funny is the first iteration of that, that I was trying to get out the door that the legal team just wouldn't, wouldn't go, go with is I wanted to show you a picture that first, before we showed a picture of the outside of your house, Uh I wanted to actually show a picture of a shady location that you went. So if we service added whatever Joe Schmo and we put in like, you know, Cindy's fucking stripper joint, strip joint, whatever on whatever 30 something street first and then showed your home address. That shit would like freak people. Like, could you imagine people like, oh, oh my God, bro. But, yeah, but 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 the legal team wouldn't go for that, man. So that was um, that was probably one that just I thought was just really exciting and cool. But I think my more my more recent work is is um, that's insane. Wow. Probably the Black Madison Avenue project that I just launched about like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that was dope because for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, you could check it out. It's still online now. It's, it's a docu series we put out. We basically got seven out of the ten Black ECDs in, the, in North America and a major holding agency to get together and do a three part series where we just went 
all in on like what was going on. I mean, like every person who was in that room who spoke, spoke from their heart and like put their jobs on the line with the shit that they said in these rooms. So it was it was powerful, man. And that the, that series, man, took off, man. Like colleges added it to their curriculum as content that they need to see in the schools now. Duke University, uh, University of North Carolina, St. John's, like for Howard University, Hampton University, like mad, mad school. So so that was that was real work in terms of like, uh, you know, trying to create a movement, so to speak. Yeah, that's real, bro. And, and I had a, I had a first of all much love on that project, and much love for all of you guys that are on that project in order to risk yourselves and rip your rep- reputation for the cause. So that's love right there. You know what I mean? And then I want to go back to the Black Mirror shit because I love Black Mirror. I love that show, bro. <laughs> what is your creative process, bro? Like, so they give you the RFP, you win the RFP. What is your process in terms of like, man? I got to get this, like, because that's creative as hell, man. Like, I love that, that idea. That shit would have scared the hell out of me. And I know PR took it and ran with it. Yeah, I got to tell you. So Netflix doesn't like to give out any information about the data that they use on their consumers. You'll never see it any place. So yeah. I was getting interviewed by Adweek and they saw it and they were like, yeah, so you did this thing and I didn't talk on it. They wrote it on the article anyways. And then within 24 hours of that article being posted, I had Netflix legal team on the phone with me. And it wow. was like, banana. it was banana. So like, so... <laughs> So my, my creative, my creative process, man, it's, you know, I don't even think, I don't know that I have one, to be honest with you. I think what's most important is you have to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and be okay with that. But a lot of people get their ego involved and it's like, they want to be the smartest person in the room. Absolutely not. Majority of the calls I get on, I'm on people who know way more than me. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. Because it's how we learn. It's how we build together. So part of it is getting that, you know, smart people in the room, but also people from completely different backgrounds in the room. Right. People that understand ad tech, people that understand UX, people that understand UI, people that, that are strategists. You need to create a group of individuals that is not like on each other, one another. Right. This is why, you know, so many black and brown people, we get in these rooms and we get disruptive as fuck with ideas and what we're able to bring to the table. Right. Because we're bringing a different background in a different way of thinking when we actually execute on these solutions. So um, so there's that. But like me personally, man, like I'm just one of these people that like I, I just have to sit on something for a bit. And and quite frankly, I, I work my best when I'm under pressure. So if I got like less than 24 hours on something, I could I could bust it out pretty well. But I can do that because most of my career I spent being inquisitive. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think you find, you know, good creatives, good creatives are individuals who are always inquisitive and looking into things and understanding things. Now, I don't know as much as everybody else, but like I dig I dig gadgets and like fucking Oculus Quest and all this shit. And like and I'm like looking at everything that everyone else is doing, because when you're able to see and have a, a large kind of purview of the land of what everyone's doing, it allows you to create a lot faster. So that's I know that there was no real answer there, but like I'm, I'm just I kind of just like wing it, to be honest with you, man. That you That's know? real, bro. And don't we all at some point, bro? Like, that's real. Like, you know what I mean? So I appreciate you even being open and honest about that. And like you said, the fact that the tribute to sex to success to everybody else that you have around you and being saying, yeah, I'm not the smartest dude, but you know what? I'm here for a reason. And I can let my ego to the side if we win. Yeah. I can't yeah. do that if we lose. Yeah. If yeah. we win it, I don't care. But if we losing, then, you know, and I got to step in and hold it down. But you know yeah. what I mean? But, but yeah. I respect that, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you talked about the future. Of, you talked about the future of web, bro. So, like, I would love to know. So let's get into the web 3.0 because it yeah. intrigues the hell out of me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. we're in the wild, wild west. For anybody right now that's listening and is not familiar with web 3.0, I'll give you a high level summary. And if I miss something, well, just let me know. Yeah. But essentially, it's 
basically giving back to the creators, right? So basically user experience and all that stuff is going to be everything, right? So like back in the day where the metrics matter and things like that, community and user experience is going to be key to everything. We're moving, we're removing cookies. So the way we track people's movements online is going to be sort of limited and all those things. And Web 3.0, which is basically a new frontier of the way brands, creators, and community really engage with each other. Am I off base? I feel like I missed something though. Well, no, you're you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent on. You're hundred percent right, on. Cool. Dead on. Cool, cool. And, and so with that, right? So the way we do marketing, the way we do advertising, the way we consume content online is going to change dramatically, right? So with that being said, right? What are some things that you're looking at right now as you prepare for this new frontier? And what are some things that other people should be looking at? Yeah, I, I you know, I start these conversations always, always by saying that we're still a far ways off. Right. Yeah. Like we're, definitely, we're definitely not close. I think we get people who get super hype over this shit. And then like you listen to a couple panels, you'd be like, oh, this shit is popping off in two months. Right. It's like, nah, yeah, we got lots. Like, look, it was it was a year. It was the year of mobile for like 12 years. OK. That's, so, so, um, with that being said, man, like, you know, I think what's interesting about it is is the op, like ownership right and that's that's yeah. everything it's, it's ownership of who you are ownership of the content ownership of the shit that you put up put out there in the space um and i think that's powerful i don't know that i don't know that brands really know exactly what to do with it because what we're seeing now is like and when we get into like the whole like nft shit right it's like oh great we're gonna drop a sneaker and then we're gonna allow people to buy an nft for it like okay but like what else right i think what we're gonna do is we're going to, you know, as we get into moments like this where we allow people to innovate and there's no like structure, like great example, 99, 2000, right? People were doing all kinds of takeovers, all different kinds of banner sizes and shit. And the IAB came in and was like, all right, we're going to standardize all this shit. Here's our specs. Everybody build around this. And now we're going to allow brands to actually scale across everybody because they're doing it all this one way. I think we're going to probably get to a moment like that at some point where they yeah. standardize different types of formats and or solutions, because right now it's just the wild west. Now, when we start to get into this space, Web3, and then like, let's take a pivot over to like when we start to talk about the metaverse, because everyone's talking about the metaverse. Right. Yeah. People people don't get that. Like when people talk about the metaverse, like everyone's first everyone's first thought is this. Right. Yeah. The metaverse is all here, but not realizing it's this, too. Right. The metaverse is like a space and we have multiple portals and multiple ways into that space. Right. And I think when I start to talk about the things that excite me as a whole within all of these, these these conversations, to be honest with you, it's it's AR. Right. It's it's AR because, you know, we we went from desktops and like, oh, my God, you got a desktop. It's crazy. I can go online and do emails and sit, look at shit in a fraction of a minute. Right. Not seconds, but a fraction of a minute. Right. And then and then what happened is then we moved over. and We got laptops like, holy shit, I can carry this thing, put it in my backpack and go wherever I want to go. I can go sit on the fucking yard and play on my laptop. Right. And then we got mobile devices It's like, oh, shit. Now I can leave my laptop in my bag and I can take my phone and walk around the mall, do whatever I want to do. And then what's going to happen is, oh, shit, I have glasses. So now I'm still going to use my mobile device, but I'm going to leave my mobile device in my car because when I walk out into a party or walk out into the mall, I'm going to wear it right here, right? And it's not going to be tethered. And then what's going to happen is in 10, 11 years from now, I say this all the time, 10, 11 years from now, right? You got this shit on film right now. 10, 11 years from now, the UI designer of today, which UI designers are fucking important with everything we do. UI designers of fucking 10 years from now, are not going to be the same. They're going to be copywriters. 
because how we how we interact with brands and how we engage with brands is going to be entirely a two way conversation. Right. So I see some shit. AI allows me to identify an object or identify something in front of me. And then I speak back and forth. Would you like to make this purchase? Yes, I would. Which like which card would you like to use that on my Bank of America? Okay, great. Would you like this to be delivered today, tomorrow, tomorrow? Between what time? Boom, done. And I keep walking. Right. That mm. house is for sale. Oh, how much is that house? This house is so much. It's got this amount of bedrooms. It's the amount of space. This much square footage. We're gonna. Would you like to make an appointment? Yes, I would. Everything is going to be connected. When I walk into my house right now, I have like eleven Alexa devices across my house. Everything's connected yeah. for the most part. I walk in my door. I first I get home. Right. I like everything. Like I get home. My car notices, recognizes I'm home. It syncs up. My garage door automatically opens. I walk out of my car. My car door automatically closes. My door unlocks by itself. I walk in. Now I say, Alexa, turn on everything. I say, Alexa, turn on everything. Boom. Then what should happen now is it notices one light bulb is out in your kitchen. Then it'll say, light bulb's out in your kitchen. Right now there's a sale for whatever fucking Phillips Hue light bulbs. Would 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 you like to buy one? Yes, I would. Boom. It's there in the next day. Everything is about how we communicate and understand technology is going to allow us to identify things around us, know things that we get, know things that we like, make suggestions, and then we can conversate back and forth with them. That's insane, bro. The way you broke that down, bro, as far as like, like you said, the ownership part I love, right? But the fact that you said like that two-way conversation and how technology is going to make everything easier and how you have to one, just communicate with the customer, which goes back to our earlier point, right? If you could think of ways of creating different experiences, and for those who are not listening, who, I mean, who are listening, who come from, who don't come from tech space, so everybody from back home, all that stuff, AR, what we mean AR, think about Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. That was the best iteration of it that we've seen that went mainstream, right? So you open up your phone, you want to see Pikachu, he's right there on the block, you're looking up on your building, there's a Charizard or something like that, and that's essentially what's going to be when it comes to B2C, B2C consumer interactions. You know, like you said, you want to go to Macy's, yeah, that shirt is fine, you got a large, we don't have a large. Do you want this? Oh, Money Exchange got the boot. Uh, 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 it's sent to the crib. You know what I mean? So that's what it's going to be. And the brands that understand that and create a way or, or a stream, a, a seamless process from interaction, you create a good experience to purchase are the ones that are going to win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then when we get into the whole ownership now, now everyone's allowed to get a piece of the pie. Yeah. Right. So now I go into these spaces and I start creating on my own and rolling shit out. Now I got a piece of everything. And that's mm-hmm. what we didn't have before. Right. I mean, God, like like I said, like all that shit that I, I patented or whatnot, I would love like shit, man, if this is Web 3.0 time, I would have been chilling. Yeah. Right? Hey. Sure. <laughs> so, you've been on you've been on Mars, bro. That's it's interesting, man. I, I you know I'm excited about about what the future has to hold. Um, but I think that you know a lot of a lot of what I'm more excited about is the how we interact and engage with brands, man, and seeing it. And I think that when we see Apple at some point within the next year or two roll out their their uh their headset. Right. Like Apple, Apple's the thing I love about Apple, man, is like they probably got like seven to ten models of that shit ready. Ten year roadmap ready to go. And they're going to roll out some shit that to, to us is going to be like, wow, this is amazing. To them, it's going to be like this is some basic shit. We're going to raise to the number six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And they're, they're just so good at rolling that out. But I think that when we get to a point where it's, look, where it's like looking like this is going to that's how everything changes, man. That, that's going to be insane, bro. And like, like, let's talk about the ownership NFT stuff, because I get what it is. Like you said, somebody releases a sneaker. Uh, I buy the NFT. Or, or matter of fact, yesterday, I went to the Nets game. I went to the playing game. I go to the Nets game. Kyrie crosses somebody. I buy that moment, right? 
Like, but what's the value of that moment? Like, how do you really assess where to invest in that That's it. Like, what is it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You don't know. You know, you don't know. I mean, people, I mean, this is this is why I said, like, this is like the wild, wild west. You got people like love them, but like you got people like Gary Vee writing fucking cartoons out and putting this shit out. His yeah. those drawings and he's, and he's crushing some from fucking drawings. He's putting on a goddamn notepad and taking a picture of him putting up. You know, you it's 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 hard to tell, man. I like I this is why, you know, quite frankly, like I haven't invested in much of any of that shit because like I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm questioning. Right. Because I think yeah. that. You know, when you're in a moment like this, you're gonna have people that are throwing a ton of money in because everybody's thinking I could get rich, I can exactly. get rich, right? And what you're gonna see is uh, like eventually, and I hate to say it, but you're gonna see a bloodbath of people left behind who who couldn't, who didn't get it right, and you're gonna see a select few who got it right. Now, what I do hope that we see as we move forward is is the black community get more involved, right? Because this is, this is just another opportunity again where we have limited access to information about this. Uh, the technology is selling for it. And then what happens is we get left behind and then you got all these white folks who are like buying up all this shit and then it's gone by the time we get to it. Right. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say you made an excellent point. What do you think? Why do you think we're so skeptical? You know, I think it's access to some of this stuff. I mean, like, like you go, go into a high school right now and and, and wherever in the city and like you talk to a bunch of black kids, ask them what a web designer is. They might know now. Right. Like, but then, but then like you talk to someone, yo, do you know what a copywriter is? No, but I guess what? I bet you know how to write some fucking lyrics. They best fucking lyricists in the world. Guess what? You could be a fucking copywriter because you know how to write those fucking lyrics. It's the same shit. You like to do graffiti. Guess what? I bet you could rock with fucking illustrator. Let me show you what illustrator is. You know what you do with illustrator? These type of ads, you could do these type of commercials with after effects, but it's not, it's, it's lack of just knowing that. Right. Yeah. So, again, we're in Web 3.0 and like you don't go out and ask most average person, average person your, your age and my age don't know what Web 3.0 is who are in this space. Right. So 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 to ask, you know, someone else who's on the come up what that is, you know, in like whatever young black kid, they're not going to know any difference. So I think, you know, it's important that we, we create opportunity again to educate uh, and inspire many of us that are out there because like we could do a lot of this shit. It's it's not that hard, right? Yeah. It's just we need more of us to actually know about it and get access to it. Exactly. And and a lot of that stuff is content too. And that's why like conversations like these are so important, right? So now if you see two brothers that are, you know what I mean, fitted on that look like you that come from 241st in Parkchester talking yeah. about yeah. NFTs. Now it's like, yo, maybe something I should look into. You know what I mean? So that's how we have to do we have to educate each other. We have to, you know, share game. We have to give each other you know, I, went, I was going to say million dollars worth of game, but shout out to Gilly and them. Like, that's what I wanted to be, to be honest with you, for, for marketing. Why the hell isn't there a drink champs for marketing? That's just, you know what I mean? Like, why yeah, isn't there? Why can't, I be, why, right, why can't we have a beer right now? We just, yo, take a shot, do it. Like, like, why can't it be? Like, because I, I work somewhere? What the hell? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, bro, that's no, what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm. I'm do it, bro. I'm trying to turn this into this. I'm getting comfortable. I'm getting my shoulders right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to make it happen, bro. You get the set, you get it ready. Let me know. I'll come through. My guy, it's much love, bro. And I and we, we can end off on that, bro. On that note, bro. I know we both got the kids, man. But before we leave, man, I just want to reiterate, man. This was a pleasure. This was an honor. You know what I mean? For me as a young black professional that aspires to be like you, brother, and to see us shine, this shit was amazing. And for those okay. watching, this is the power of us and this is what we can do man when we just say yo we're gonna be ourselves and show our full light man don't dim your light for nobody 
And that's real, man. And I thank you for reiterating that, brother, and rocking with a young brother from the Bronx, man. And yeah. anything, man, you know, we rock. We're going to be tapped in. I'm going to send you my yeah, number. Yeah. Yeah. Tapped in. Let's do that. Let's do that. Look, thank you for, for doing what you do, man. This, this is great. It's incredible, man. I hope, I hope as many people see this as possible uh, and, and continue to keep shining, bro. Keep shining, man. Thank you for allowing me to be here tonight, man. That means a lot, brother. Much love. And thank you for everybody who tuned in. Thank you for the comments, guys. We saw y'all. Much love. Next week, we got uh, my boy, my brother, my big bro, man, Ken Gibbs, who runs the global social media for Spotify. You might know him too, Walt. He used to work at BT, VP of BT. Ken Gibbs? I don't. I don't. But I'll, I'll check him out. i watch. No, I'm going to plug you. We need to We need to be like this. So I'm going to plug you, bro, and we'll make it happen. But for those who are watching, thank you again for tuning in to More Than Entitled, and we'll see you guys next week. Much All love right, again, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah.